0: He loves us So oh, how he loves us Oh how he loves us Oh how he loves
1: The Beloved Ministry is inspired by chapter 7 verse 10 of the Song of Songs I am my Beloved's and his desire is for me Our aim is to help women, whatever their age or state of life, to come to know their true identity as God's beloved. In this second episode, I'm joined by Alice Hall and Fiona Whitehouse as we discuss the gospel for the second week of Advent. We'll praise God in song, and we'll pray for you, beloved sisters. So take us with you this week, or hollow out a time in your day to sit and listen, and join us as we prepare the way for our beloved Jesus.
2: For the second Sunday of Advent, from St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah, Look, I am going to send my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. voice cries in the wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord, make his paths straight. And so it was that John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. All Judea and all the people of Jerusalem made their way to him, and as they were baptised by him in the river Jordan, they confessed their sins. John wore a garment of camel skin, and he lived on locusts and wild honey. In the course of his preaching, he said, Someone is following me, someone who is more powerful than I am, and I am not fit to kneel down and undo the strap of his sandals. I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord.
3: Hi, it's Ifa Willis, your host again for the beloved podcast, and I'm joined today by Alice Hall from Zion Community. Hi, Alice. Hi,
4: Ifa. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome,
3: it's a pleasure, and today we are joined by Fiona. Fiona, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself?
5: Sure. Uh, great to be here this evening. Thanks, Ifa and Alice. Good to be with you both. Um, my name is Fiona Whitehead. I, uh, I'm currently a full-time mum, and I do a few extra bits. Um, my little boy is just 3 Um In my previous work I've been a school chaplain, university chaplain and kind of involved in a lot of different um, youth ministry in different ways. It's really good to be here this evening.
3: That's really exciting, thank you. Um, And what we're going to talk about this this, today, this morning, today, (laughs) is we're now looking at the second week of Advent and we've just heard that gospel about John in the wilderness preparing the way for Jesus. And we are exhorted to prepare the way for Jesus ourselves. So I'm thinking like in the, in the lead up to Christmas through Advent, um, Fiona, if, if we start with you, how are you going to prepare your heart? For
5: jesus this advent well i mean i'm i'm really grateful to even have the opportunity to be part of this podcast because it's making me realize early on you know that it's advent i think i'm one of those people that i'm a bit last minute in life and i need a bit of pressure to kind of get things done so even as simple as the awareness you know that we are in the season of Advent and to kind of really seize it from the beginning so I just I feel like it's just a season of of grace you know um, so so very simply I think my first thing is just to be mindful you know to to have it in my head mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. are entering into a, a beautiful and um, specific season in the church and and I don't know how I can tell myself that each day. I mean, obviously, you know, following, I do morning prayer. You know, my husband and, and I, we do that together. That's just one of our things. And so connecting into the prayer of the church is one way because you have, you know, just the feel of Advent, you know, coming to us from the scriptures, from the readings um but I think I think a key word for me is probably just trying to slow down I think it's a time when everybody starts to get busy um yeah it might be different at the moment because obviously we're in a different space aren't we in terms of lockdown Mm. (laughs) you know I have slowed down I don't know about you both but I feel like there has been a slowing down there has been a focusing on the one thing that I'm doing today or in this moment I haven't got loads of things going on um but that comes and goes, you know, that kind of busyness and then the stillness and then the busyness. So I think for me, Advent, I'd love to be able to to be still, really. Um, and, you know, and I, I know for, for people, prayer is some people find praying with others much easier. Some people would like to pray by themselves. I find praying with others easier. So I guess the challenge for me is the personal prayer. You know, even if that's just 10 minutes, 20 minutes and just committing to it like Advent, it's it's a it it feels like a spring clean. You know, it feels like a new beginning. It feels like something's going to happen. And so, yeah, so I would say stillness, awareness of Advent, but also just giving that time for me. The challenge, I think, is personal prayer, just time by myself not just relying yeah. on the things I've, you know, the things that are already kind of in place, but going that little yeah. bit extra. Um, so that's definitely kind of one, one way. Yeah.
3: Okay. Thank you. How about you, Alice?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I was focusing on last week, as Fiona was saying, was, you know, the intentionality of prayer, making the space for prayer. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking this week, you know, what, um, you know what does it mean to be preparing the way and something else I try to do both in Advent and Lent is to fast I mean I I have sort of an intention to do that all the time but you know when we come <laughs> to Advent and Lent it's like a new like like Fiona's saying it's an opportunity yeah. to refocus so I, I definitely try to do that in the season but on a Wednesday and a Friday and um mm. what I find that helps me with is kind of it brings like a, a heightened spiritual awareness so generally it kind of it sharpens my prayer a bit really and something I personally yeah. feel the Lord's asked me to do um because I think I shared with you last week I'm I'm a worship leader and mm. I had a I had a I had an encouragement once from a man who I didn't know came to speak to me and then had a sense of something God wanted to say to me and it was that I should be fasting and and worshiping together and it's something in our community, we, we do worship, we do fast on a Friday for the community. And I try to do that each each week. But that's something I just feel like this Advent, I really want to try and bring those two elements together. And it yeah. somehow, it it's, you know, when you're fasting, you're kind of, you're aware of your own needs. And then you kind of go like, okay, I'm going to focus on the Lord. But like, when I'm worshipping, I really focus on the Lord. And I think that thing of... Mm. Like Fiona saying, you know, with COVID around and all the uncertainty, what is actually going to happen at Christmas? All of these things, you know, actually, it's yeah. a good opportunity just to say, right, you know, God is God, and let's give Him the the worship and the praise. So, I suppose that I suppose that's what I'm thinking. I want to kind of focus on um, in the second week of Advent, moving forward. And and I was uh, reflecting on what Jenny had shared with us last week about that kind of spirit of preparation. And I think you were saying it too, if you know, not not kind of jumping into Christmas too early, but like trying to keep that sense of preparation right up until the feast, you know, and for me, that yeah. commitment to fasting in Advent, like it's quite easy to start sort of Christmas feasting early, <laughs> you know, the mince <laughs> pies were in the shop in September. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but actually to kind of that sense of pre- preparing the way for him, I think that commitment yeah. to, to fasting, to worship, to prayer, um, right up until Christmas, that's that's my little challenge to myself, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think in in my preparation, I have this absolute constant tendency to, like, overcommit and say, like, I'll do this and I'll do that, and and pretty much every year, like, like at Lent and at Advent, I come up with this shopping list of things that I'm going to do to become the most holy version of myself <laughs> by Easter or Christmas, and and inevitably i can't do all of the things that i've decided i'm going to do you know i can't commit to all all of the personal prayer and the uh, the fasting and the all of the extra you know i come up with this massive list of different ways and i think this year a bit like what you were saying Fiona about like paring it down to to what's the essential thing and really listening and discerning to where where's where's god calling me to focus this ad, and I think that's my big challenge this year is not to try to do everything mm. but really to listen to the specifics of for this particular time in this unique time in 2020 um and also to remember always that I'm not necessarily having to to do this in my own strength you know I'm not going to achieve this I'm not going to prepare the way I'm not going to move the mountain you know make the mountains flat and fill the valleys in with my own physical strength because I am not capable of that that's beyond me um but I don't need to do it in my own strength what I need to do is be open for him to do it Mm -hmm. and I think that's always a challenge for me because I am quite a capable person and I can do things and I you know, if something's hard, I can grip my grit my teeth and get through it. But that's not
5: how mm. God works. Yeah. Um it's almost so I I think that's sorry, just as you were speaking if I was thinking it's it's just that receptiveness to the spirit again, isn't it? You know, which mm. it sounds easy, but I think we very e- yeah. we very easily make it complicated, <laughs> you know, and we just slip back into what I'm gonna do. What am I gonna do for advent what am I going to do for God you know instead of thinking you know what let me just let me just be with God in this time like when we love someone we just want to be with them right and be attentive to them and I think for me like you were saying Alice you know this spirit of just waiting like we we don't know how to wait we don't know how to be still we don't know how to receive so so yeah I like what you were saying if we're about the list of things and I think and then it's awful because <laughs> we, we almost can then just set ourselves up to fail. And then I think, well, that's yeah. okay too, because that will lead me to humbleness and my weaknesses. and So I think all of it's okay, but it's just that keeping, mm. it's, it's that being with, isn't it? It's just that,
6: yeah. let's just
5: be with him yeah. in Advent. Yeah. You know, maybe that should be our motto. You know, let's just be with him <laughs> and um, yeah. and let him be with us, you know. And, and yeah. if I get my morning prayer every day, praise God for that grace and that gift you know and if I don't I'm not gonna dwell on myself and my you know my not being able to do things um so yeah so in that way it's exciting is it? and that makes me a lot more excited than yeah. a list of things that I have to try and do on top of everything else you know but yeah so I do yeah well let's yeah. let's make it a time of being with and drawing near and receiving yeah
3: okay that, i think that leads really nicely onto my next question which is about how it feels to let god do this work in us um and sometimes that that work of of waiting and just being with that forgiving yourself and allowing you know, being open to forgiveness and healing that is a really vulnerable place sometimes so yeah That's that's my question. Maybe Alice, you could start us off this time on on how that feels.
4: Yeah, I was really struck listening to the gospel. Um, Again, you know this baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and then it goes on to talk about confessing the sins. Like how how fundamental, really, and how central to our gospel, both repentance, a confession of sin, and forgiveness, the receiving of God's grace, is, and of course you know the church invites us doesn't it to go to confession during the season and um, but I really yeah I, I I liked your question really of kind of thinking about um, you know how does it how does it feel to let God do this work in us so I was thinking about my experiences of God convicting me of sin <laughs> and I was thinking that I can normally sense like for a period of time that God is putting his finger on something in my life that he wants me to address. And, you know, the feeling really, or the issue is my resistance to it. So I think that's the first thing that I would come across is like, Oh no, I know God's trying to speak to me about this and I don't want to change this area of my life. So, you know, that's one aspect, <laughs> but I was thinking, you know, when I know it's God and when I know it's the Holy spirit, um, it's, there's kind of a gentleness really in his conviction of sin. And, and he does it without condemnation. But I had an experience mm. earlier this year, you know, I've been kind of fighting. I don't know if anyone else has had this problem of binge watching Netflix during lockdown. And uh, it's <laughs> an area that the Lord often brings up with me, you know, and um, I remember one day being really like going through the whole day, just like condemning myself for this behavior and, and, and at the end of the day, I thought this isn't of God, you know, cause all I'm doing is beating myself up and actually when he's asking me to bring it to him, it's much more of a sense of surrender and, um, and allowing him to kind of get to the root of whatever um, needs aren't being met. And that's the reason why I'm kind of, you know, losing in this area of my life. Um, so for me that's always an indication whether or not kind of conviction is coming from god or from myself or from someone else is whether or not that conviction leads to a sense of freedom and um yeah that kind of taste of condemnation to think you know it says the scriptures doesn't it that there is no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus so i think um yeah the issue is my resistance to it (laughs) which is always always the case um And I I was thinking about um, some people might know I've been involved in um, a healing and deliverance model called Unbound. And this this model tells you to go through those two steps of both repentance and then forgiveness. And I was just reflecting on that and thinking how those are really the the key steps to go through in order to find freedom, you know, Um, and it really teaches you when you I really recommend that book Unbound by Neil Lozano if you're struggling with anything um particularly areas of sin and unforgiveness because it really kind of reveals how unforgiveness only hurts you and and not anybody else you know and how we ha- how that mm. when we give that grace of forgiveness you know and receive that forgiveness from god you know recognize that he doesn't expect me to be anything other than a sinner really so and just let go of the fact that I am one, and allow him to forgive me every time that I sin. You know, so yeah, those were yeah. some of my reflections. You know, it is it is a vulnerable process, and I think that resistance comes from pride, doesn't it? The resistance comes from not not wanting mm-hmm. to kind of recognize that I need him and yeah. need his help in certain areas of my life.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think I think you've you've struck on some really really. Good points there. I think I totally recognize that in myself, that resistance I always have, you know, before I go to confession, even though it happens every time. In that moment before confession, I always have this apprehension and this like butterflies in your stomach, like, oh, this is going to be awful. And then every time it's beautiful Mm. and life affirming. And, uh, you know, you walk out of confession i never once have i walked out of confession feeling condemned because that's the opposite of what it's about but every time that in me that resistance is there so i think yeah i totally recognize what you're describing there alice and and i think like what you're saying about about that 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 god doesn't condemn us i i always think of um I can't remember who said it, but someone said how like God doesn't tell us. That God doesn't convict us of our sins by saying you are, but by saying you did. And so it, it's not, you know, he's not saying you're a bad person. He's saying this is a bad thing that you did and that you need to not do again. And, and I think we internalize and we make it. I'm a bad person, but that's not what the Father's saying at all.
5: Um, yeah how about you Fiona what are your thoughts on this question I was thinking of an experience too actually of um, you know the early the first lockdown the early March like ah went into a panic (laughs) I really did and um, yeah and for some reason I it it was just that thing of just having a lot of time by myself I mean I, I can cope with that actually and I do spend quite a bit of time by myself but but maybe it was being by myself and then just with a couple of others in the house you know (laughs) that were just pressing Mm -hmm. buttons and and I just realized this anger you know and I was like blimey I'm, I'm quite a calm person like what is this and I and again again just this resistance this kind of I knew I needed to speak to a priest I was like I just need to call you know father it was father Tansy this priest from the Franciscan and I didn't really know why it needed to be him and then I thought I won't call him he'll be busy I'll call someone else you know um why is he gonna want to just hear that I'm going through a hard time who isn't going through a hard time at the moment so you know this inner dialogue but I knew I needed it I knew mm-hmm. I needed it and and I called him one evening it just got to a point where I was like I know even though I knew I couldn't actually get absolution I knew I needed to confess you know I needed to speak out to mm-hmm. somebody that that would care, and also that had an authority, you know, to help me, I just thought, I just need some help in this situation, and and I called him, you know, thinking it, it was about eight or nine o'clock at night, you know, and, and I'd missed him, and then he called back, which is always lovely when someone kind of gets back to you, you think, oh thanks, you know, um, and he said, oh I'm not in now, but I will be in half an hour, you know, whatever, um, and we spoke for well over an hour, you know and he gave me time which is such a beautiful gift and he was so gentle I mean he was he was firm he really helped me you know he wasn't kind of letting me off lightly and then actually Alice Mm. this unbound you know he started to just pray like prayers of a kind of like almost of deliver it you know deliverance of just ways of thinking ways of being um and i Literally in that moment, I would honestly say it was like a moment of conversion, you know, and this is a phone call. Um, It wasn't the sacrament of confession because it was just on the phone. But I was so different. You know, I felt like a release and I felt healing and I felt loved and I just felt back on track, you know. And, And I've never really noticed that before in the gospel today where it says as they were baptized, they confessed their sins. You know, I was like, wow. So it was just great I think it's just real you know I was just like look this is just real and and it was just beautiful and I'm just so grateful for you know for the gift of of confession and again if anyone hasn't been if it's been a long time you know it's just it's like an open arm just waiting for you you know Hmm. run just get there run
4: Mm-hmm. I just I was just thinking that resistance really is to that confession, isn't it? Is the resistance is to saying
5: yeah,
4: this is what I've done yeah. or this is what I'm feeling. But actually the freedom mm-hmm. comes as soon as you've done it, because you're like, Oh, wait up. Oh, no, so what a mm-hmm. gift the Lord has called us to in terms of doing it, because actually it's a grace yeah. for ourselves, you know, that we're able you know, he yeah. of course he forgives us anyway, but like it's, it's somehow that kind of yeah. he knows there's a need in us to kind of be humble enough to say it. And, and once it's out you know yeah. he can do something with it isn't it there's a there's a beautiful thing Jacques Philippe speaks about in his book called Interior Freedom where he talks about how the, the Lord um he, he can't work with the ideal person that we think we are he can only deal with the reality of who we are you know so like if I come before the Lord in prayer and I'm like oh Jesus I'm so holy <laughs> or I don't I don't go to that real part of me where I'm struggling then God Mm. can't bring change and can't bring transformation. But as soon as I recognise my need, you know, recognise where I really am, then he's got something to work with. So that's such a grace, isn't it, that we have as Catholics in the sacrament of confession, really?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I always think, like, a number of times I've spoken to people who've maybe who've left the church and have had perhaps uh negative experiences of the church in the past and and of a feeling like um I've, I've heard people describe it as like being made to feel like you need to go to confession because you're sinful and and, and actually what i always say in those situations is that the, the church teaches that god doesn't need confession to forgive us we need confession to recognize god's forgiveness uh, because you know we're we're temporal, we're in time and space. We're in these in this physical world, and sometimes we need a physical person sitting in front of us to feel that grace. It's not that God needs us to go to confession at all; it, it's mm. us. It's for us. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. Let's let's move on then to our our third question then. Um, so there's there's a whole industry in our society around self-care and I think especially this year there's been a big push like you were saying Fiona this year lots of us have had been forced to focus on ourselves because everything else has been stripped away so there's there's our our culture is really keen on this idea of self-love but how is that different from letting the Father
5: love us. Fiona, do you want to start? Yes, I mean, um I think, obviously, that term self-love and self-care, I think it's kind of important that we understand it, isn't it? Because there's an element in which we need to care for ourselves, and it's right to care for ourselves. Mm. There's an element of, um, yeah. you know, I love my neighbour, as I love myself so there's certainly um, a need for us to have a a right perception of who we are before God you know beloved daughters and sons of God first and foremost Um, but of course I think the danger is when I become too absorbed with myself you know Um, I mean it's a funny one isn't it I Naturally, each one of us is kind of the centre of our own world. You know, all my my history and my thinking and my stories and my memories—they're all about me. <laughs> you know, I'm at the centre of all of them. Um, so, so there's part of that that's human, but I think there's a part of that that we that we need to resist in a way because. Um, you know, most of my time, just that thing in confession. Most of my time in confession is that I'm, yeah, I'm just too absorbed. I'm just too caught up with myself, you know, um, and my comfort and my own kind of reputation or whatever it might be. You know, so so I think if um if these kind of self love, self care. If it's building me up to serve others, you know, if it's building me up to, in a way of healing, then I'd say, you know, it, it's a good thing. But I think ultimately, um, you know, if there's a need in my life, if I need to change, if I need a situation in my life to change, um, I can read a book that might give me some good tips, you know, on how other people have got themselves out of situations. Or I can kneel beside my bed every day and just ask Jesus into it um, and let him do let him do it. So I think it's for me, it's I think it's OK to have a book, you know, that gives us some advice and some tips or to ask a friend, mm. you know. But I think the ultimate yeah. work um is to let God into that situation where I want something to change or I feel there's a need in me. You know, we're always reaching out, aren't we? There's always going to be a need in us. There's always going to be a part of me that's not, not okay, yeah. that's not coping well, you know. Um, but where do I bring that and, and where do I get my answers? Um, so I think, yeah. So I think the first thing has to be to reach out in faith You know, through my personal prayer, through the prayer of the church, through the sacraments, just to keep keep going there. And then if there are extra ways that I can look after myself, um, you know, I mean, some people talk about exercise as self-care. And, yeah, probably that's a good one, you know. But of course, if we take that to the extreme, and we're so and we're obsessed by it and we're giving more time to that than we are mm-hmm. caring for our, the needs of our family or the need taking our responsibilities on. So I think it's all it's all a balance, I think. Um, but I think first and foremost, yeah. where will the real change come and the lasting change only in only in Jesus, only in him will it really last? Mm. I think that's what I would say on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I think, um, yeah, I think a lot of the time what what the world sells as self-care is like uh, often soothing and comforting, but a lot of the time it, it's dealing with surface mm-hmm. stuff um, and it, it's not dealing with the root, you know, it's not saying where's this this need coming from in the first place so you know you can get your uh, well I, I i need lots of chocolate and wine and and and, and a nice warm bath and and a comfy chair as as self love so that i'm all right to cope with the stresses of my life and of the world but actually those things are only mm-hmm. temporary fixes and they're not going to deal with the and i think when i when i'm truly open to letting god love me sometimes that self-care is hard work uh sometimes it is dealing with the nitty-gritty um, changing ingrained habits in me uh dealing with uh, the the broken parts of my life and my relationships and some so sometimes self-care uh, in terms of letting god do that work in me is hard work but the fruits are are like you said you in a much longer lasting yeah also god's um you know god's love for us is free like it's literally it doesn't have a price um so no self-help program that costs hundreds of pounds or it is you know god doesn't need us to save up for his love it yeah, doesn't need us to work extra hours to pay for you you know you're never going to have to buy god's god's forgiveness and god's love on a credit card it is it it's it's really basic in terms of you know the, the cost is our vulnerability the cost is our openness to him It it's never a financial cost
5: yeah
4: I think As very similar to what you you both you said. Really, I was thinking that I was thinking the main difference. Um, I mean, I was agreeing with Fiona. Really, you know, there's 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 nothing wrong with self care and self love, and that's part of our faith in some ways. Um, but I think I think in the worldly sense, that can just focus on emotional fulfillment, our psychological needs, and then stop there. Whereas I think if we receive the Father's mm. love, you know, the Father's love is about giving us our truest identity, like we were talking about last time, you know, as, as beloved, as daughters of God. And that's kind of a more profound and deeper need that, that needs to be met. And if we're not allowing the Father to love us in that way, then actually those other needs are never going to be met, you know. Um, and, and I think I was thinking also that a lot of that stuff I haven't really gone into it a lot, but you know, various books people have given me in the past, there's a lot of kind of self effort involved (laughs) and kind of talking yourself around, lots of kind of positive affirmation. And um, whereas I think it's something I've been praying a lot with this year. I don't know if people will have heard of this surrender novena, every time I mention it, it seems that other people have heard it from different places. And it's a very simple novena really. Um, but I found it very profound and the thing is that you surrender everything to the Lord and then you say you take care of everything and the reflection each day is is such that it really challenges me in the ways that the ways in which I am trying to control my life you know so I say I'm surrendered to God but actually I don't allow him to take care of me so like one of the reflections on one of the days is about sleeplessness you know well, if you're sleepless, then you're being anxious, and you're trying to control what's coming. And, um, you know, the invitation to just close your eyes and allow the Lord to take care of you, like a child, he 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 kind of compares it to a child asking its parent to provide for something, but then tries to do it themselves. You know, um. So I think I think there's something. I think we touched on this last time as well the the, the importance of just letting go, and letting God. You know um letting letting God do it for you and being a human being rather than a human doing. <laughs> um, so I think that's the main difference because I think a lot of the the kind of yeah industry of self-care is very much about what you can do. Um, whereas I think the Father's love is mm. asking us to let him do and let him bless us and let let us open our eyes to 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 recognizing where he is providing for our needs already.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. so my final question. uh, uh, Last week, we talked quite a bit about God, uh, about Jesus returning and about the bridegroom returning. So and then this week, our gospel is all about preparing the way. So my my final question is, how are you going to get ready for the bridegroom?
4: It's a big question, really, <laughs> And that, I mean, it's an image I love. <laughs> I love this idea that as a church and as an individual, you know, we're preparing the bride for the second coming. So the scriptures tell us a lot about, um, you know, the bridegroom who's going to return for his bride. So I kind of, in reflecting about these, are the kind of big things that came to my mind, really, I think a big part of the preparation of of the bride, that is the church. For, for jesus's return is about um is what we've been talking about reconciliation and healing so in the bigger terms in terms of the unity of the body of christ um and i was just thinking you know that's kind of maybe a big concept for people to think about unity but i think you know it's very important jesus is returning for one bride is not returning for multiple brides you know um so you know i just kind of encourage people really to just kind of maybe an examination of their attitudes towards other christians and other parts of the body of christ because i think the lord's doing a work in the earth of unifying us and helping us to kind of work together in preparation for his return and the second thing of course i believe the lord's going to return when you know he wants everyone to be saved so there's an important urgency about us sharing our faith with people who don't know the lord and i'd really want to encourage Mm. um christians who maybe spend a lot of time uh, worrying about their particular kind of style of faith or their expression of faith and their denomination like to just let those walls come down and for us all really as a as a body to be focused on reaching out to those who don't know the lord at all um so maybe just you know to be a bit practical in this advent you know just think about um yeah just think about your own attitudes towards other christians You know, how do you work together Um, and also, yeah, who is it that you're sharing your faith with at the moment? Who is it in your family? You know, as we're preparing for Christmas, it's always a time, isn't it, that we might be with people and maybe not this year, but maybe it's a time where we could write cards and be more intentional about sharing our faith, maybe sending a Christian Christmas Mm. card and being quite explicit about what your faith means to you this Christmas. Because it's an, it's an opportunity, isn't it? The whole world's celebrating, actually, Jesus' birth, whether or not they know it or not. <laughs> um, you know, so let's <laughs> use this opportunity to speak the truth about who he is and, yeah, be bold like John the Baptist was bold, I guess. Those are my my thoughts.
3: Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Alice. No, I think that, that really resonates with some of the things that I was thinking about because I was thinking about exactly like you were saying, like Advent and... And this time of year is a time when the like the doors are almost part way open with talking about your faith with people. Um, in my workplace, I am as I I am in the minority as a practicing Christian, um, but at, during Advent, the, there's so many opportunities to talk about my faith with the students that I teach, with my colleagues, to just to bring up in normal conversation so i don't have to in a way it, it's easier at this time of year to talk about the reason why we're doing all of these things so i, I think that's something that i'm going to consciously dis, you know try to do during this time and then in terms of preparing for the bridegroom i was thinking you know it's a it's a deliberate metaphor that the church has given us this this idea of christ coming as a bridegroom so I was thinking and reflecting on how I prepared for my marriage Um, and um, before we got married I actually I moved back in with my parents and spent a lot of time with my family before becoming a new family of my own and I I think that was really important for me in, in sort of reflecting on what was what had made my parents' marriage so such a strong foundation for me um and, and how much they'd influenced me. And so yeah, I suppose that's sort of back to basics of of reflecting on and and being true to who I am so that I'm ready to meet my bridegroom. Mm.
5: If that makes sense.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: Fiona, how I, about you? I just kind of I guess when I think about you know, G- the end times, Jesus coming a- again, you know, coming in glory. Um, everybody will know. It 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 excites me, it motivates me. Um, and it also, you know, this idea of like a holy fear. So it doesn't make me afraid, but it kind of does. It makes me think, I need to step up. You know, this is serious. Like, this is my one life. <laughs> um there are people I know. I mean, thanks for what you two have just shared, actually, because I didn't really know my answer to this question. But, but yeah, it's just this—you know this sense of of call. Cool, you know, this sense mm-hmm. of my baptism, and we have just this incredible gift, and and I want to I want to have a gift to give to the Lord. You know, and um, uh, of my own life, but not only of my own life. You know, I want to kind of meet Him with with others you know just as you're saying alice really and so i don't know so i guess for me it's just this like it reminds me of an urgency as well because we don't know we don't know the day and the time and and let's face it we are living in strange times and yes fair enough the disciples thought they were living in strange times too and in every generation but there will come a time there will be a day when it is the time you know and and I think Advent is all about, mm. you know, wait, this idea of waiting and longing and the time, you know, the time of God and his perfect time. So so I don't have a, a kind of succinct answer to that, but it's it's to do with stepping up, it's to do with stepping out, it's to do with boldness, you know, motivated by, yeah, as you said, if by love, by, you know, we are going to be, let let's have everybody with us. You know, let's just have everybody with us—people um, we know and love, people we don't even know, or people we don't even love. <laughs> let's start loving and let's start living as Christians and just see <laughs> see what happens, you know. And have a beautiful gift to give Jesus.
4: I I think that's a really lovely image to kind of yeah. finish with. That that phrase I've heard quite a lot is the preparation of the gift. So I'm sure some of us and are going to be busy thinking mm. about what gifts we can give. But that idea of preparing myself as the gift, you know, we've talked about that thing of confession and healing and forgiveness, you know, it's about preparing ourselves for the Lord, you know, preparing the body for the Lord, preparing the world, you know, preparing, bring, bringing the people in, like you're saying, Fiona, that they're all with us. But I think maybe as we, you know, that can give us like a good image to think about as we're preparing gifts for Christmas is how am I preparing myself as gift and how am I how am I joining in with God, what God's doing yeah. in our generation in terms of preparing the church as, as as his gift, you know, as his bride, really.
3: Well, thank you, ladies, um, for everything that we've talked about today. Um, I hope you found it as, as inspiring mm-hmm. as Thanks, I have. Um, God bless. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks very good. much.
1: And now we're going to move into our prayer. Our song this week is Good, Good Father. If you know it, feel free to join in. Or if it's new to you, then just sit back and let the music speak to you. And then Cash is going to pray for you.
0: In the dead of night and you tell me That you're pleased and that I'm never alone You're a good, good father It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are And I'm loved by you It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am for answers far and wide but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide because you know just what we need before Who I am. you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. To us. you are perfect. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am.
6: Loving Father, you are here and now with us. You are here with my beloved sister, for whom now I pray. Father, I pray that she recognises a gift that she is, and that she's a gift you have. Prepared and created uh, for her. That she's a gift you have prepared and created for yourself. That she's a gift that you have created and prepared for her family and also for the whole world. Father, I know that at this very moment you are looking at her. And your eyes, your heart are filled with welcome, with acceptance, with gentleness, with care, with forgiveness, with joy, with great love. You love her, Father. You have always loved her and always will. That is not going to change, ever. Father, I pray she has the courage to look into your eyes today, now, and that she sees and experiences you as her loving father. Father, I pray for wisdom for her, that she may be able to see to differentiate things in her life that she's got authority over to change and things in her life that only you can change and that she allows you to to do it for her. Father, I pray that she has the grace of spending the time with you, and allowing you to spend time with her, to lead her to the fullness of healing, forgiveness, and joy, and intimacy. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: thank you for joining us this week if you've enjoyed the podcast please share it with your friends and subscribe so you never miss an episode we have a facebook group where you can connect with other listeners and discuss this week's episode and we'd love to welcome you to it thank you to everyone who's contributed to this recording including jim and andy for technical support fran pauline and kasha thanks to my guests alice and fiona If you'd like to support the work of Beloved, please consider making a donation to the Zion community. Details are in the notes of the episode. Have a blessed week, Beloved Sisters.